Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. everyone and welcome to another edition of the Pater podcast i'm tom hannafin he is matt mcgloin tomorrow afternoon the number 22 penn state the lions go to visit the maryland terrapins that is at 3 30 p.m eastern on fs1 both teams sit at five and three right now the spread currently is penn state favored by 10 uh we're going to dive into what in the world to expect from this penn state football team uh matt's going to give us his thoughts on a team that actually he's gotten a lot of chances to cover in the maryland terrapins because of his opportunities on the big 10 network so a lot of good insight there in terms of what this Maryland offense is capable of. Uh, they've had an up and down season, but there's some explosiveness to address. And also what their defense is going to have to do, uh, Maryland's defense against Sean Clifford and whatever Penn State rolls out in terms of offense this Saturday. And also later on this episode, we have the first ever guest in the history of the Pater podcast to give us a little insight into what the Maryland Terrapins are all about. Mojo Mutati, my good friend. We spent some time in WWE. He is a former Maryland Terrapin himself from 2006 and 2008. So we're pretty hyped uh, to have Mojo. That'll be a little bit later on. But first things first, we are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit don't forget to use our promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to receive your bonus from football basketball boxing right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest easiest way to bet all your favorite sports the Pater Podcast is presented by Bet Online, where the game starts. And also, the Pater Podcast is presented by Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of the Pater Podcast. And Matt, this is a business that's based right in your backyard of northeastern Pennsylvania. The Scranton Slinger is a big fan of all things Funk Brewing. Yeah, absolutely. Great beer, really solid beer. I mean, everything that they have is tasty easy to drink they do a collection called bikes where it's like they do a lemon shandy a peach shandy a raspberry shandy um you know great stuff there they do a vanilla citrus ipa that is that is just mm. fantastic and they've done a, they, they've done a lot of help you know from from my charity golf tournament every year as well they donate a lot of beer to that so a great company they make great beer if you're picky about what you drink tom how many beers do they have you know uh I think historically over 50 yeah, plus different so, years have been made by Funk Brewing. <laughs> if you're picky about what you drink, I'm sure they have something you like. Uh, but again, a great brewery. Check it out. Yeah. Citrus IPA and the Silent Disco IPA especially are some of my personal favorites. They have a lot of different styles and flavors for all types of beer drinkers. You can find Funk Brewing at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Trust me, their fresh, funky flavors will satisfy your craft beer-loving taste buds. For more information, visit www.funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. You must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. So this is a big week for the Penn State Nittany Lions. And frankly, uh, you and I have talked about it at length. It feels like for the last four weeks that we do not understand what the identity of this Penn State football team is, nor do the odds makers really. And then even as the top 25 for the college football playoff came out, Penn State was not included in that top 25. And I don't think anybody was really shocked, but at the same time, I don't know how you decipher this Penn State team based on what they put on tape against Illinois and then versus Ohio State, um, even their victories from back in September and October, the, the loss to Iowa. It's been very confusing. Uh, I think the one thing that 
I'm happy about is that this was a relatively quiet week, Matt, in regards to sound bites from James Franklin. No particular drama. We understand the football team had a brutal time getting back from Columbus uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning. They didn't even get into State College until 630 in the morning. So it's been a challenging week for Penn State, and hopefully it's been a good week of practice. What's your thought now that you've had a week to kind of digest, especially the Ohio State loss? I think there's a lot of positive you take out of that game. We talked a lot about that on the podcast uh, we released on Monday. Um, I, again, I think that's why there's not a ton of noise this week in the media or anything like that, because, you know, it, it was good play on both sides of the ball. It just outmatched. I also think, you know, uh, I mean, you have to think at least now, you know, whether you're a Penn State coach, player, fan, um, you know, in the Penn State media, whatever it may be, like this, this is a dangerous game here too. For how, you know, at times this Maryland team has struggled, they've also been very good at times this year, Tom. So this is a team, if they can catch fire, they could be dangerous on Saturday afternoon. So let's start off with the Maryland offense. Um, we all know what Talia Tagovailoa is capable of. Obviously, last year's loss to Maryland at home. Granted, you have the the specter of the pandemic that challenged every single football team that played last year. So last year felt like an anomaly, but still, it was a surprise for Penn State to lose to Maryland. Um, this season, the Maryland Terrapins are 15th in FBS with 309 yards passing per game. Um, what do you like about some of the players on offense for the Terrapins? Yeah, I mean, we'll look first and foremost, you've already mentioned him, uh, Talia Tungavailoa, right? And he is really this offense. Are they a pass-heavy team, Tom? Yeah, they are. But offensive coordinator Dan Enos, he's still going to get running backs Tayon Fleet-Davis and Chaun Famatu their carries. And they're a really good one-two punch in the Big Ten. Um, you look at last the week what they did against Indiana. They ran the ball 46 times against Indiana. And Indiana did a really good job against the run. They did. But they don't, Maryland, they don't abandon the run, right? And either one of these running backs can gash you in a hurry. They can get explosive plays. Something I looked up, and I thought this was interesting, Tom. So you know, when you look at teams running the football versus Penn State's defense this year, Wisconsin carried 58 times. Auburn had 40 carries. Iowa, 45 carries. Illinois, 67 carries, right? And you look at those games, a tight game, Penn State won. A tight game, Penn State won. The last two, loss, loss. Ball State, 26 carries. Villanova, 26 carries. Indiana, 24 carries. Win, win, win. And, you know, you look at – I put Ohio State in a different category because they're just built differently than anybody that Penn State has played. They ran 34 times, right? So let's just keep them to the side because it's Ohio State and they're talented everywhere, right? right? But what I'm saying and what I'm getting at is if Maryland has a chance to run it 38, 40, 42 times – they will have a chance to win this football game. If you can get the run game going against Penn State and control the pace, get positive yardage. I'm not saying explosive run, explosive run, but if you can get good solid yardage, Maryland's got a chance to be in it. So they need to stop the run first and foremost because you look at Talia, no question, this kid wants to throw the football deep. And he's done a better uh, job of that, like we saw against Indiana, of being patient, taking those chances. But he's still going to give you a chance to get takeaways. And you need to take advantage of that. And, and that's just the way he's playing now. Like every now and then he'll put the ball in harm's way. You got to come up with interceptions. And you talk about Talia and turnovers. I think the worst game that he probably has ever played was the one against Iowa earlier this mm -hmm. season. And there was the one that led up to the Penn State game. If you remember, Iowa, I believe, had seven total takeaways from Maryland. Um, I believe Talia had five interceptions. Maybe six. I, I'm blanking on the. Was it six? There was six. There was six in the game. Um, now I think I think Talia had or no five, five interceptions. Yeah, his backup then, had yeah, one, and there was a fumble. One. Yeah. yeah. So obviously that just seemed like a day, Matt, where the wheels just came off. Um, when you're a quarterback and you're in that type of situation, and the turnovers or even just bad plays are just piling up, how do you stay calm? <laughs> and, and what's the maturation process been like as you've gotten to see up close for Talia from? you know, last year to this year. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, going back in my career at Penn State, you mentioned interceptions, right? I threw 19 in my career in three years. Five came from one game, <laughs> you know? Mm. So I've been there, man. I've been a part of a game where you just feel like you can't do anything right. Every time you put the ball out there, it's close. It's close to being an interception. It's close to being a turnover, right? And it's just, it, it, it's... The, the, like the most important thing I think you take away from it, Tom, is that you're going to get an opportunity to get the ball back. You're going to get an opportunity to get back out there and go, and you can overcome that. 
right? Continue to get first downs, continue to score, take a step back, just find completions, right? Everybody talks about letting the game come to you, right? Well, yeah, that's at that point, that's what you need to get to. Um, and again, that's the game he had against Iowa. He struggled. Um, you know, I don't think it's indicative of the type of talent he is or the type of player he's been this season because he's done a lot of good things. He's completing over 70% of his passes on the season. He's got 17 touchdowns, right? So, I mean, and and if you're a Penn State fan right now and you're sitting there and you're saying, listen, well, they lost Dante Demas to injury. They lost Jayshon Jones to injury. That doesn't mean that they don't have any talent left on the offensive side of the ball. Carlos Carrier has stepped up huge for them at the wide receiver spot. He had a buck 34, two touchdowns last week. Rakim Jair is one of the better wide receivers in all of the Big Ten, Tom. And they think, Maryland thinks uh, tight end Chica Quanco can play on Sundays. And he's a huge threat in the red, in the end zone. So they still have talent. They still have weapons at that skill position. And another thing, Tom, and, and I'll end on this. I think we talk a lot about Talia's ability to throw the football down the field and, and the arm talent. He has great escapability. And I think he's a really smart player as well, because when you watch him play, if, if you give him numbers and what I mean by numbers, Tom is, you know, one-on-one on the outside or two on two with off coverage, he'll throw the bubble. He'll throw the smoke screen. He's going to take free access throws all day instead of just running the football up there versus a bad look, something Penn state should do more of, right. Um, forces you to spread out as a defense, keeps you honest. You know, again, he's completing over 70% of his passes, you know, and talk about the turnovers. Two of those picks against Ohio State were late in the game. The game was over. He's trying to create plays, right? You know, this, again, this is a dangerous game. You should be reminded of what happened last year at Beaver Stadium, right? And this guy was in his third game as a starter Mm -hmm. at the time. So he can take over any game. He can do it in a hurry. I talked a lot about in the lead up to the Indiana game, that being a revenge game. This should hopefully be the same mentality because that was a stunning loss to Maryland last year. So hopefully the Nittany Lions are approaching it in the same way. Um, To your point about Rakeem Jarrett, that is somebody that James Franklin spoke about a lot this week as somebody he had his eye on since he was in high school and just kind of one of those talents that one that got away. So there are some guys on this offense that can be really, really scary to deal with. The thing that's encouraging for Penn State is the defense, despite the numbers, I understand looking at the statistics from Ohio State and 466 total yards, it's like, whoa, it seems like the you know the wheels came off. And that's not entirely true. Is it a double-edged sword with this Maryland offense? Because we know how good the Penn State defense can be. You know, is it is it, oh, they bottle up the run game, but then passing game explodes or vice versa? How do you see that playing out the way Penn State's defense has played this year? Well, I mean, look, they played great last week. And we talked about, like, I mean, it was a lights-out performance. It really was. And I just think, like, you had to understand in that game, Ohio State was going to get theirs. They were going to get their points. They were going to get their yardage. They were going to score touchdowns. They were going to kick field goals. Like, that's a game you had to come up with big stops certain with situations offensively you had to make big plays when the time was there and almost outscore them I think you got to understand too is Maryland's going to make big plays right they're one of the more explosive offenses in the Big Ten I mean Talia's going to take chances downfield he's going to look to throw to these big time wide receivers big plays are going to be made Tom it's how can you limit them right when you get in the red zone can you stop them prevent them from scoring. They're one of the better, they're one of the better red zone scoring offenses in the big 10. So three points will be huge this week. If you get a stop, you know, you get a turnover, you need points off it. So it's things like that, that Penn state needs to do a better job of. Um, and they need to, they need to do it in a hurry. It needs to start this week. And let's flip things to the Penn state offense. Kind of what you're alluding to is being able to capitalize off of what the Penn state defense has been able to do this season. You feel confident that the defense is going to be there and keep you in ball games. What did you learn, if anything, from the Ohio state game in regards to what Sean Clifford and the offense can be for the remainder of this season? I mean, they were great for a Majority of that game it just came down to a few situations and a few moments that that cost them the game. I think they just need to be better in situations, understand situational football better. Like, what do I need to do with the ball in this situation? How much time is left? What's the score? Where am I on the field? What is the down and distance? Do I really need to take this chance downfield or can I dump it to the running back or dump it to a tight end for a few yards and live to play another down? Right. So much about that is playing quarterback. So much is about that is being a coach and communicating those things to your player, right? Everybody needs to be speaking the same language, you know? And I think when you look at what they're up against this week, Tom, I mean, 
this front four is this front four in the secondary for Maryland are really the strengths of this defense. You got Sam, Sam Akunu is a high motor guy in the defensive line who lives for the obvious passing downs where he can just go. Another guy by the name of Mo Nasili Kite plays the interior line, the defensive line their time. He's like their PJ Mustafer, right? Big, physical, makes a lot of plays for them. I mentioned the secondary. Nick Cross, safety number three, might be the best player they have. The safeties do a ton of work for them in the run game, and, they, and that includes the cornerbacks. Tariq Still and Ja'Cory and Bennett, the, the secondary tackles really well for this football team. And, you know, we talked on it uh, a little bit earlier, that three-game losing streak they had. Don't let that fool you. Don't let certain stats fool you. This is a really talented defense. Yeah, they're young in some spots, especially the linebacker spot with with Hippolyte and Jennings, but those guys make plays for them, and they've gotten better every single week. The positive thing, this Maryland defense on average gives up about 30 points per game. Penn State's averaging about 27 points per game. I'm curious to see how people would uh, choose to bet this, whether it be the spread, the over-under. We'll we'll see what those numbers are like once uh, Saturday fully settles in. Um, What do you expect to see in terms of the play-calling spread? Last week against Ohio State, it was about 65% pass, 35% run. And the running game, though it looked like in the first quarter there was some positivity to take away, it still really doesn't feel like that a week removed. Do you expect to see that ratio get even further and further apart against Maryland? I expect them to come out swinging. I really do. Throwing the football early and often. Sean Clifford needs to take advantage of man-to-man situations, one-on-one situations, 50-50 balls this week. I mean, this Maryland team is one of the more penalized teams in the Big Ten. So I think if you're taking chances downfield more times than not, you, you have a good opportunity to get some holding, some pass interference, flags, things like that, Tom. Um, you know, one of the biggest things, too, is time to throw the football. Right? This defensive line, they can get after you. But if he has time, covering isn't really the strength of this secondary. Play action has a chance to hit downfield as well. Again, as I mentioned, the, these safeties are good, talented players. These cornerbacks are good, talented players. Tackling, being physical is really their strength. Covering and coverage isn't that great. It's just okay. You mentioned the run game. Here's my run game note. The only team that's worse against the run right now is Northwestern. Right. And that's why Maryland's secondary has to be so active in the run game. So, I mean, if you can't run it, Tom, look, we know there's a problem in the run game, but if you can't run it, there's no need to continue to do it. Right. Yeah. And, and, and And we'll see how, yeah. Yeah. Last thing with that, like running backs, like running backs this week can be huge in the pass game for Penn State because I mentioned the young linebackers, um, those guys are starting to get experience now, but they still have a lot of work left to do. They struggle with finding running backs out of the backfield, right? This is a way to expose them in the pass game time. I'm very curious to see what Penn State does in terms of the usage of the running backs, not necessarily in terms of the conventional running game, but we saw plenty of instances on tape against Ohio State, and, and it's been symptomatic through the season, um, pass blocking issues with uh, with running backs. Then who do you really lean on? John Lovett has been good. Uh, Kevon Lee's been in and out of the lineup. Noah Kane has really struggled this season. If you were calling the shots, if you were in Mike Yurcich's position, um, who do you lean on against Maryland? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely go to Kevon Lee when I want to run the football downhill and when I need some positive yardage. But I mentioned the pass game, and I'm I, I'm going to John Lovett if I, if I want to pass if I want to pass the football to a running back out of the backfield, things like that. I, I think he's showcased good hands this year. He showcased an ability to catch the football and get upfield. You know, um, that's that's kind of where I land. And, you know, uh, look, obviously Noah Kane has had some struggles this year as well, you know, uh, I mean, but you know, he definitely deserves his carries as well. Um, but I think I think throwing the football to your running backs could be big for Penn State this week, Tom. And also, dude, you look at um no, this is something we we don't really talk a ton about on this on this podcast. But this can have a huge impact in this game, and it's special teams, Tom, because Maryland special teams play hasn't been great. They had a punt block a week ago against Indiana. Indiana faked the punt for a conversion. Their return game has been subpar, and their kick coverage has struggled as well. Right, And I'll make this point again, penalties have hurt them, something that Mike Loxley has talked a lot about four times this year, Tom. They've had eight or more penalties in a game, which is brutal. And the only team behind them in penalties is, is Ohio State and Michigan State, so... Keep an eye out for that. It could be a big factor. 
if they are not sound against Jahan Dotson on punt return coverage, he does have one punt return for a touchdown in his career um, for 80-plus yards. So it's possible, but through the entire season, everybody that has played Penn State has done a fantastic job making sure uh, Jahan Dotson does not break contain or doesn't even get past just fair catching the ball when it's a punt situation. James Franklin spoke about the analytics this week in terms of kickoff returns and that he's consistently having his guys um, call for a fair catch just because based on simple mathematics, it's better to take it at the 25 than catch it at the five and maybe not get that much out of the return. So we'll see if Maryland makes mistakes in that capacity. Um, You talked about Mike Loxley. Um, He has done some really good things, uh, and we're going to talk to him about uh, talked to, about him with Mojo Matadi in a little bit. But Mike Loxley, in my opinion, is not just Mr. Right now. He seems to be Mr. Right for the Maryland Terrapins. What do you think about this matchup between two guys who know each other in Loxley and Franklin um, from time spent at Maryland? Yeah, right, right. Loxley has done a great job. He definitely is the right guy for that job there in Maryland. Um, recruiting great players. Um, you know, as, as you know, we've talked about before on this show, I had a chance to call a couple Maryland games, man. And you just, you get the sense that the culture has changed there. The atmosphere has changed there. The stands were crowded. They're believing in Maryland football. Once again, the players play with a lot of energy, a lot of confidence. The sideline is excited, you know, so it's just, it's a different style of Maryland football right now. Um, you know, and like I said, this, this, this team could be dangerous at any point. Um, you know, they're kind of like Indiana in a way, you know what I mean? Where it's, you're going to get a good, solid performance. They're going to play really well. They're going to be prepared to play. They're going to believe in themselves, and they're going to believe they can compete with anybody, and that includes Penn State. I'm very, very interested to see how this plays out just because, as I mentioned, yeah. both teams are 5-3. and three. You're on the road here with Maryland. You, go, uh, you come back home. You host Michigan. Not going to be easy. You host Rutgers. That'll be uh, tough, but you hope you can win that game. Then you go on the road to Michigan State. Is this a must-win game for Penn State? Oh, every game from now on is must-win time. You have to win, and it starts with Maryland. And that's like, you know, you, you know, I've been thinking about this game all week and how we're going to break it down and things like that. And it's like, it's this is one of the harder games to do because you just you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how it's going to turn out. Like week to week, we have no idea you, you which know, Penn State team's going to show and up. That's the same thing with Maryland. Which team is going to show up? Which offense is going to show up? It's going to be the offense that's constantly pushing the football down the field for big plays, or is it going to be the turnover happy offense? You don't know, Tom. And I, 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 I sitting here right now talking to you. I get, I, I get the feeling that it's either going to be Penn State's going to win a ton by a ton, right, or or Maryland's going to hang around and do enough to pull off the upset. You know what I mean? Like that. It yeah. feels like that type of game. Yeah, if anybody has gray hairs already, I know I have plenty from watching this team over the years. You're about to get a few more, so it's going to be fun. Um, so thank you all for liking, commenting, subscribing, and turning on notifications when it comes to the Pater podcast. Uh, in a matter of moments, we are going to have our first ever guest, former Maryland Terrapin, Mojo Mutati, my good friend from our time spent in WWE, current TMZ sports personality. We're going to get his full take on what he thinks uh, this game is going to look like and also just... Uh, he's a good friend of mine, so I'm really excited about this. But before we get to that, uh, we do want to take this opportunity to let all of you know that all of us here involved in the Pater podcast are proud supporters of THON, also known as the Penn State Dance Marathon. THON is a year-long effort dedicated to raising funds and awareness for its sole beneficiary, Four Diamonds at Penn State Health Children's Hospital. THON is the largest student-run philanthropy in the world, committed to enhancing the lives of children and families impacted by childhood cancer. Four Diamonds picks up where insurance leaves off to relieve financial stress and provide emotional support so that no family ever has to see a medical bill. Since 1973, THON has raised over $190 million in the fight against childhood cancer. To learn more about THON or to donate, Visit thon.org. That's T H O N.org. It's all for the kids. Make a difference in the life of a child today. And on another personal note, we want to take this opportunity to put a spotlight on mental health with a new initiative called Tag Me In. Tag Me In is simply asking for people to tag in on the conversation and help strip away the stigma around mental health. Whether you're looking to lend support, you want to talk, you want to share, maybe. You need some help. We want to invite you to join in on the conversation. We encourage you to make a video if you'd like, 
post it on your social media channels and use hashtag tag me in and hashtag tag me in united at the very least we want to hear from you tag me in united is a proud partner and supporter of the national alliance on mental illness also known as nami if you'd like to show your support you can purchase a tag me in t-shirt right now at prowrestlingtees.com slash tagmeinunited, and the proceeds will be gifted to NAMI. The link to this is provided in the description of this podcast. You are not alone. Tag me in. Visit tagmeinunited.com to learn more. All right, without further ado, it is the first ever guest in the history of the Pater podcast. I'm so excited we could make this work. Uh, joining us now is former Maryland Terrapin and now current TMZ sports personality and the head of Paragon Talent Group, Mojo Matadi, my longtime friend. We spent some time at WWE together. Uh, you're pretty hyped. You got like eight different jobs. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, we, we don't get hyped. We stay hyped, if you remember that whole song and dance, which I'm happy to that I own still. So how about that? Not, dude. Wow. You're one of the smartest, hardest working dudes that I've ever met. You and I have known each other for, God, the better part of a decade, which is wild. Um, but your resume, dude, it continues to be like thrilling for me to to know you and see what you do because for people that don't know about you, let me educate the the viewers at home. So you went to TC Williams, which is the high school that's featured in Remember the Titans with Denzel Washington. You worked for Morgan Stanley for a minute. You then played at the University of Maryland with some uh, pretty exciting names under the Ralph Friedgen era and as well as James Franklin. We're going to touch on that. You played in the NFL. You played for the Green Bay Packers. You played for the Arizona Cardinals. You spent nine years in WWE, correct? Yes, sir. And now you've started your own branding and marketing group, which I'm fortunate to be a part of. And you're featured on TMZ Sports every single week, bringing the hype. So, I mean, dude, do you look back on the resume and you're like, how in the world did all this work out? Yeah, actually, I do fairly frequently. A lot of these things just kind of kind of happened on a whim. But you know me, man, I'm always working, trying to do the best I can. And you know, I would say it was a really slow start, you know, like you said, kind of being a walk on and always fighting your way up from the bottom. Things don't uh, typically go your way. Nobody's handing you anything, Matt. You're very <laughs> aware of that, I'm sure. Um, you know, but eventually, you know, all that hard work kind of pays off. Things start to snowball. You just need that one big break, that one lucky shot, that one opportunity to pay off all the hard work you put in, all that time you've been waiting for it. And, uh, you know, things just happen, man. Also, I have the gift of ADHD, so I have to be doing 69,000 things at once. So it makes it easy to keep things churning. I don't like to rest or sleep, so... Hey man, I need uh, I need eight jobs to fill in the the previous one or two that I had. That's how crazy they were. Sixty nine thousand. I'm shocked that you went there. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so obviously we have you on because we're all about Penn State, number twenty two Penn State. Uh, we're we're airing this Friday, so tomorrow Penn State goes to visit Maryland. It's at three thirty p.m. Eastern on FS1. Uh, big game for both teams, sitting at five and three right now. Penn State has uh, been kind of weird the last few weeks, so uh, we wanted to bring you on because obviously you know what uh, the program is like past and present for the Maryland Terrapins. So uh, I want to go backwards a little bit to your time there during 06 and 08. It was really a renaissance period for the Maryland football program under Ralph Friedgen. What was your experience like? Man, I'll tell you what, I, I, the way I started, I started out at a D3 school and that was uh that was like my fun time. But when I got to Maryland, baby, that was all work. Um, I think, I don't know who the hell rated this, but I, I remember people saying that Maryland had like the number one hardest like football camp in the country. Fridge, man, he used to beat us up. I mean, we were going out like inside run for like 15 periods a day. It felt like every time we thought we'd finish the drill, start the period over and it was just banging heads with monsters nonstop all day. Um, when I first got to Maryland, 13 out of the 15 O-linemen in the first three strings all went to the NFL. Just everybody was just, they were massive. I mean, we had guys that were six, I'm not just saying this, but six foot nine, 380 pounds, like that were running four, eight forties and, and jumping like 36 in the ver vertical, uh, Jared Gaither, if you remember that name, um, he was just one of them, though. Everybody there was just a trained killer. Our strength program, 
I mean, we were one of the strongest teams in the country. Our, our uh, strength coach, Deej Galt, just used to put us through. And it was just a a monster, monster grind. And, of course, you factor in the fact that we were student-athletes and we had to go to classes before and after all this stuff. But, you know, I, I had a good time in college, but I wasn't the guy that was out there partying. We just had so much work to do. Uh, there, you know, what we, we knew what we had to be done and we knew the way to do it and it just required a – a ton of work so it was it was pretty brutal uh very intense i wouldn't say it was the most fun experience ever but i'm very grateful for it it, it definitely instilled that sense of work ethic in me that i still have today and i feel like anything i've done since has been at least physically a bit more on the easy side because of it so, oh, so going awesome. back so going back you know you mentioned you were at a d3 school you started your career at christopher newport you know, and you walked on at Maryland. I was a preferred walk on at Penn State. So I know how tough of a decision that is to make. You know, did you always want to play for Maryland? Were there other options? And what went into that decision to say, hey, listen, I'm just going to go for it. I want to play at the highest level possible. Well, you yeah, you know, you always want to play at the highest level possible. And But in high school, you know, that's not always a reality. Um, I was actually a student at T.C. Williams when the movie Remember the Titans came out. And uh, I remember Sports Illustrated covering it. And it was just like this big, huge thing for the city to be a part of. We still talk about it now, literally decades later at this point. But, um, man, as good as that team was, that's how much we sucked. <laughs> Those guys <laughs> didn't lose a game. We didn't win a game. Like, it was Awful. I mean, we were losing every week, 69 nothing, 65 nothing, 56 nothing. There was no strong side. <laughs> oh, no, man. there wasn't. We scored 21 points the whole season, I think, after the movie came out. Uh, <laughs> every away game we played in was the other team's homecoming game because they wanted to beat the school from the movie for their homecoming. So, like, literally, if it was the first or the last game of the season, it was always the other team's homecoming uh, Sports Illustrated did a front page article that said, um, forget the Titans. That's what the article was called. Oh, man. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, talking about kicking somebody while they're down, it was brutal. Uh, so needless to say, no college recruiters came around. <laughs> Nobody was interested in anything we were putting out. And we actually did have some really bright spots, some really great athletes on our team actually the year before me, we had Tony Hunt, who went on and became the all-time leading rusher at Penn State, if, I, if I'm correct. I don't know if someone's taken his record since then, but he obviously did some, some great things there. I remember Fridge trying to recruit him, but, you know, Joe Pye got his uh, hands on him, and that was that. Um, but, yeah, like I, I had to go to a D3 school. Luckily for me, I found one uh, like CNU beautiful campus, amazing school, was very involved there. Um, I was like the first ever freshman captain of the football team. I was on the executive board of the business school. I was an officer in the leadership program. Of course, the full academic scholarship because D3s don't do athletic scholarships. Um, so I really had everything going for me there. It was the real, really a great life I had going, but you know, I always wanted to play D1. I always wanted to test myself, see how I'd stack up against the best, have that opportunity to take a crack at the NFL. Cause as we all know, barely any D3 players make it. Um, it's just so much tougher for them. Uh, so I had this opportunity to, to leave. I wanted to walk on and my finalists kind of were uh, UConn, UVA and Maryland. And when I say finalists, it's not like, uh, these schools were all gunning for the five-star recruit. It was more like, all right, here's this, this big kid who's, who's strong, who has good tape, but most importantly, he's got very good grades. So at worst-case scenario, we take a walk-on, we kick the crap out of him, and he raises the team GPA. Like, I think every <laughs> team has a few guys that fill that role. Like, You're a resume builder. They, hey, you know what? That's fine with me because that was always my thing is whatever gets me there, I don't care. Once I get there, it's on me. But whatever little, you know, whatever little niche or notch or whatever I got to do to get my foot in the door, so be it. I'll take it. So uh, as far as Maryland, it was the hometown school, man. It was uh, – 25 minutes from my house door to door. Uh, I was right on the border of DC and Maryland. 
Uh, and Maryland was always the hometown school. It was the school that the whole DMV repped, uh, that we were all proud of. I mean, even being in, in, in Virginia, you know, like we all still kind of rock the Maryland flag a bit because of the school. UVA and Virginia Tech were hours away in the sticks. I never really felt like a connection to them. UConn, forget about it, it was freezing up there. It was what seemed forever, like, like a seven-hour drive or something, which at that point was nuts. I mean, Tom, as we know now, after WWE, we used to do those on the daily, so no whatever. No problem there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I had that opportunity to walk on. Uh, Coach Siemenson, who was a guy that was recruiting me in high school, uh, remembered my name and gave me a shot, and that was that, man. Came in as a walk-on. Jared Gaither's big ass was the first person I saw when I got to campus, which was horrifying. And that was that. <laughs> so, so when you left the program to where it is now, Mike Loxley, year three, 11 and 20 in his three seasons, as a former player, do you look at him as, okay, this, this is the dude that can take this team to the top of the Big Ten with the Penn State's, Ohio State's, Michigan's? Or do you look at him and say, I don't know if he's the guy. I don't know if he can do that. I'm actually really glad you asked that question. Um, Cause yeah, three seasons, 11 and 20, that would suggest it's probably time for a change. But uh, I can tell you that myself personally, as well as all the alumni, man, we were thrilled when we found out locks was coming in. I mean, first of all, like at uh, Alabama, he won uh assistant coach of the year for like what all positions all schools which is a crazy honor um but we also knew from his time at maryland and unfortunately when i was at maryland i actually never got to, to work with him but a lot of my teammates did uh you know i missed a couple of years as a as a transfer as a walk-on coming in but you know uh talking about talking with all the other players everybody was just so thrilled with it because he's such a great guy uh, he, he's a great coach. He knows how to recruit, which is maybe one of the biggest things here. I think he was one of the guys that was behind uh, all the recruits and all the signings that when Fridge came in his first year, you know, kind of won him the ACC. If I, I could be wrong on that, but I do know for a fact that he, he's, he's a great recruiter. I mean, Franklin was another one that was an incredible recruiter for us. And really, I mean, that's, that's what it's about because coming from D.C., it is literally one of the most talent-rich areas in the country. Uh, it's it's up there. So if we could just, man, convince all these guys that are local to stay local and stay home, we'd be sitting very pretty. I hate it when I'm watching, like, Alabama and Clemson or somebody, and I'm seeing all these Maryland and Virginia and D.C. guys going out there making game-winning plays. It's like, damn, that guy should have stuck home. And especially with the DC market, now you're looking at networking and jobs for later. I mean, I always thought it was kind of a no brainer to stay home. Of course, a school like Alabama calls, if your family's from there or something, the number one team in the country calls, I get it. We're going to lose some guys, but the overwhelming majority I always thought should have stayed home. Um, and if we can get a guy come in and be the guy that, that starts that process, so, you know, that's what we want. And, you know, you expect some hard first years uh, when you're coming in as the new head coach, especially if you're not taking over for a team that was like ranked or, you know, one of the top teams in the country. You know, when you're taking a team that had a losing record and you're starting over from scratch with them, you know, it's an, you're fighting an uphill battle from the start. So I always hate when I see coaches come in and, they fire him after a year or two. It's like you were losing before. Give the guy a break. He needs time to turn it around. Like when you win a team, when you win with a team year one, you're not winning with your guys, your troops. It's somebody else did most of the legwork for you and you just made a, a couple of adjustments. But that's if you got the, you know, the infrastructure in place and, you know, locks didn't have that. So I know for a lot of us, we, we know what, what the situation is of I'm not using the pandemic as an excuse, but when you're a new program, it's a little harder to get your reps that all the other teams already have. If, if you're not getting them, of course, there is always a turnover in football. That's part of the game. But I can say with a very long winded answer here, we like locks. We want locks to stay. He, he's done a good job in the, in the recruiting process. He really has. They have, they have, a few talented young players on that football team that Loxley has brought in, uh, Damian Robinson, uh, Brandon Jennings. There's a few guys on the defensive line. 
that, uh, you know, were big, you know, nationally ranked recruiting guys. And, and one thing that's going to help him tremendously is the, the Jones Hill house now at Maryland, right? The strength conditioning room is 24,000 square feet, right? There's a 10,000 square foot dining room, two outdoor grass practice fields. Uh, the, every locker has a reclining chair in or whatever it was. I had an old wooden locker at Penn state and you know, my last year, my last year was 2012 and I had to buy that locker once they put what? the new one and they should, they should have given it to me. Wait, what do you uh, mean? Anyways, hold on. What do you mean? You bought the locker? I, when they, when they, so when Penn long story short, when Penn state decided they're going to put a new locker room in, they reached out to me and said they were going to, you know, sell the old lockers and did I want to buy mine? So I bought it. But it's not, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't expensive. You know okay, what I mean? Good. It a, yeah. You know, you know it wasn't well, expensive. I don't, like if, I don't know. Hold up here real quick. <laughs> Starting quarterback who, which I've been waiting to plug this in the whole show. You won um, former walk-on player of the year. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that Brosworth like trophy. literally dude, if there was one trophy I could win, that's the one I want. Forget like best quarterback, Thank you. forget Thank you. most talented <laughs> offensive player or MVP. Like the walk on award to me always symbolize the guy that fought his way in that came from the bottom. Everybody always talks about, man, I, I came in bottom of the depth chart and I worked my way up from nothing. It's like, if you're a scholarship player, that's not the case. You, you pay, you got your school paid for. You were able to eat in the team dining hall. You were in the program. You were allowed to travel. It's like, dude, if you weren't a walk-on, you can't say that at all. And, and you make it against all odds because when a walk-on player makes it, that means you beat out a scholarship player that a coach attached his name to and vouched for and clearly made a mistake on. So they don't want walk-ons to succeed. So for you to come in and win walk-on player of the entire year, that is by far the most impressive award out there for me. And, so and, to, your, to, and you. to your point, shouldn't they have just given him the damn locker? I mean, <laughs> exactly. That's what this whole thing started from. Give that guy the damn. Just off. give it to him. If you're not going to use it, just give it to the. Anyway, I, I'm getting I, off I, I appreciate. I appreciate those kind words, but I mean, you said it perfectly when it comes to walk-ons because, you know, and without you know getting into a discussion about it, like like you know, as much as these schools, these these programs want to say, hey, scholarship guys, walk-on guys, you're all treated the same. You're all treated fair. It's not the case. the The road for a walk on is is very difficult, a, a, as you know. Um, but going back, and I'm I'm bringing up this brand new facility they have because again, that's going to help him big time in the recruiting process and continuing to land these big recruits throughout the country and along and along the East Coast, which will be big for Maryland. It's 150 million dollar facility. What does that say about Maryland? The, where the Maryland football program is right now? What message is that sending? Oh, man, that just sends the best message ever because they're showing that the school is putting money behind the program. You you know that's going to directly translate to recruiting. I mean, when you walk – I haven't been in all the places that you just listed. I haven't seen the new uh, – I think I saw the new weight room when they were building it. I actually haven't been able to get back, especially given the current – <laughs> the current situation but um i haven't been back a ton recently i usually try to get back once a year for a game to to host to get on the 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 mic hype up the crowd all that stuff um but from what i saw the shell and everything man it's incredible and that's that's something that gets you excited when you're a high school kid and you're going on these tours and you know, what makes your school different? I mean, to have the nice weight room and the nice locker room, that just kind of evens you out with the pack because all the other schools have those things too. But now when you got the giant turtle shell and, you know, these other indoor facilities that are connected and the bridge and the tunnel going back and forth between the stadium and the, the, the player facilities, now these are things that all the other schools don't have. So it makes us special um combine that with the fact with the under armor tie-in and that the mm -hmm. the founder of under armor was a maryland football player and walk on and graduated the business school which i can relate to all those things um now you're starting to put together a pretty package you got locks at the helm and yeah the, you know we have a losing record uh, overall winning record currently but um 
you know, it, it starts to forgive the record a little bit and, and really show guys that there's promise to stay in home. Cause for a while it wasn't that attractive to, to stay in the area. So I think locks has uh, been great in building all these things. I think he's made a lot of con- contributions outside of just a win loss r- record. And uh, yeah, I think, uh, think more to come, man. We always kind of start out the same way. These first few seasons, we get some <laughs> big wins to open and it's been Texas in the past. And then we kind of hit this, uh, little skid for a bit we have a really tough schedule coming up too and of course that starts with penn state tomorrow so we'll see but i I think he can turn it around for sure yeah no doubt no doubt and last thing i have for you here and i'll pass it back to tom um you mentioned james franklin earlier you crossed paths with franklin at maryland he was offensive coordinator you obviously a member of the defensive line what were the thoughts on him there at that time we all loved love love franklin um especially because fridge was such a tough coach to play for um don't don't get me wrong he beat us into shape and made us men and we're all better for it years later like i said earlier every everything in life has felt just 10 times easier after after playing for him but he wasn't like that coach that was going to joke around with you in the locker room and uh you know, like sit with you at lunch and the, in the team, you know, dining hall or, or things like that. He was very, very strict. So Franklin provided like some much needed levity and balance to, uh, to the team. And he, he was joking around a lot too, but he, man, he'd also be the first one up in your face. If you, if you made a mistake, um, some of my favorite memories in college were Franklin running the offense. We had coach Kosh, our defensive coordinator and, Man, when drills got heated, I don't know if they planned this. I mean, now I'm always looking for it after a career in wrestling, but they would get after each other. They'd be shoving each other, screaming in each other's faces. Like sometimes it wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't start it. Like they would be going after each other regardless of what was happening on the field, but it would just amp us up and want to make us want to kill each other on the field. It was great. So just a smart guy, obviously a great coach. Um, He's done some great things at Penn state. Um, I loved playing for him. He just made, he just made life better for everybody. And of course, as a defensive player, it's not like I was meeting with him personally a ton, but I still have a great relationship uh, with him. I still tweet with him back and forth. I, <laughs> I usually do every year, especially for this game. So I got to drum up a little trash talk. Uh, I know for him and his background with Maryland, he is always fired up to come back home and try and kick the crap out of us. <laughs> I don't blame him one bit for it either, but man, a great guy. I love coach Franklin. Well, it's interesting, you know, you have such a good history with James Franklin. And interesting enough, in the last like five to six years, the history between Maryland and Penn State, you could argue it's gotten a little contentious, mostly between the players. But I remember going to the game in 2018 at Beaver Stadium, I believe it was 18, when uh, Maryland players refused to shake the hands of Penn State players at the opening kickoff and then wound up beating Penn State. Then 2019, Penn State goes to Maryland and beats the brakes off the Terrapins to the point that Penn State fans were taking over the front row of the stadium. Obviously, last year, you mentioned the pandemic, crazy for a lot of teams. Penn State did not expect to lose to Maryland. Talia Tagovailo and company beat Penn State soundly. I remember being stunned by that. I know you're a Terp, but uh, the spread is minus 10 in favor of Penn State. What do you think about the game tomorrow? Oh, you know, I'm picking my turfs all day. Baby. I figured <laughs> I don't care if the spread's 69, baby. I'm going with Maryland all day till I die. I'll never bet against my guys. Uh, but it is a game that's going to be exciting to look for, you know, look to look to um, locks and, and, and uh, Franklin taking each other on. That's always just kind of a, a funny thing when you're your former coaches are playing for another team and they come back to play you. Uh, where is that game again? It's happening at Maryland in College Park. Well, that I like that. Oh, that's right, guys. Because I, 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 I saw a comment Block said about making sure our fans keep Penn State's fans out. Now, he wasn't saying they're not allowed in the stadium. All he was saying was enough Maryland fans need to buy tickets so that there are less available for PSU fans, which I'm all for, of course. Uh, I can't wait for the game tomorrow again. It's at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on FS1, number 22 Penn State 
at Marilyn. Uh, before we sign off with you, uh, do you have any projects or stuff that you'd like to talk about right now? I mentioned everything you're doing with TMZ Sports, uh, Paragon Talent, anything that I could have missed potentially? No, man, it's just been cool. I think we've we've had a great chat. I mean, you already talked about Paragon. That's been that's been cool. As you know, when you leave wrestling, there's it's not like the NFL where there's career counselors in place and people that can point you to the next path. You know, it's uh, you're kind of out there on your own and you go from a company that did everything for you that's now doing nothing for you and you gotta find your way in the crazy world that is pro wrestling that isn't as commonplace for uh regular businesses out there so it's been good to kind of create this company to help represent and manage uh a lot of our talent that are just so talented that just need a little little direction finding their next step so thanks for the paragon talent plug and thanks yeah, for repping aside me. from that man it's <laughs> it's just been good to, we've been talking about doing this for years because me and tom have been talking trash about maryland penn state Probably since the day I met him for almost a yeah. decade now, we look forward to this rivalry, to this matchup. I love the fact that it's actually a matchup and a rivalry now because for some reason there was always some sort of, I don't even want to call it a rivalry because it was a Penn State winning all the time. Like mm -hmm. you can't have a rivalry if one team always beats the other. Like that's right. it breeds done. that rivalry's over, yeah. find another rival. But now it's, back and forth it's competitive there's there's a connection with the coaches now we are in the best time for this rivalry maybe ever so it's exciting to see i appreciate you guys having me on i'm honored to be the first guest i apologize for the tech <laughs> issues we were having earlier i'm glad i could be the guinea pig for that uh but yeah man you guys are killing it i love the one-two punch between you Again, Matt, huge respect for that big walk-on award that we talked about. Again, my favorite Appreciate award that, man. of all Thank time. You. And yeah, man, love it. Anytime you guys want me back, obviously this has to be an annual thing, but if yeah. you want me back before then, I'm in. Let's see how the game goes on Saturday. We'll, we'll think about it. If Penn State wins, we'll definitely have you back. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mojo Matati, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you all for watching and downloading the show. Uh, enjoy the game tomorrow, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on FS1, and we'll see you Monday for the full recap episode here on Pater. To talk about the big Terp win. Let's go. <laughs> oh, Pater! Pater! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.